Microphones of Madness is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Network. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Saturday night. It's Microphones of Madness, and uh, we're, we're quite mad here. We are. Uh, yeah. Over there, nameless, due to technical difficulties... We have our good pal Steve. Hey. <laughs> and his anthrax t-shirt. And my dog. And Kim the Dragon Puncher. Yes. <laughs> it was a Shantac. I don't care. It was a dragon. Shantac. That's just a brand name for dragon. Shantac. Brought to you by the Shantac Corporation. That's right. Oh, yes. Copyright 1984 by Shantak Incorporated. Shantak Incorporated. When you need slimy drool and you need it fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> well, what have we here? <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, shame on you. Go That's listen right. to Monday Night Heroes. Yes. On Podbean, you can get all the audio versions at... Uh, mnh.podbean.com. Hey. Wow, it's go. like an alphabet soup today. It, it is kind yeah. of an alphabet soup. So we've got some big things happen this week. Uh, we had two. We had the second week of a new show, and we had the big premiere on Halloween night of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh, not us, but you know what things we talked about because we've had a pretty big week too. Well, we, we have had a big week as well here at Microphones of Madness. We started a new show last night, uh, Friday Fun Guy. Uh, James Harrison and Kim and Lily and Leah and Pete and Rollick. famed author Pete Rollick. Yes. Also known as the reanimator guy. <laughs> In cooperation with the Lovecraft Easy Corporation. Are they a corporation? Maker <laughs> of fine shuggles. <laughs> so the, the the old guys, a bunch of the old guys from the E-Zine, Call of Cthulhu show. We call them. Uh, I mean like old as in, you know, OG. From the, from the very, very beginnings the, of... The OG E-Zine, Call of Cthulhu crew. How's that? All right. Have um, graciously... They're all on here all the time anyway. Um, have their show. It's <laughs> running on microphones of madness. Uh, it's Friday nights at 9 o'clock. They're running a modern Call of Cthulhu uh, session. Yep, they're running Last Rites. Mm-hmm. It's on it's YouTube. It's kind of ironic since it's our first game for Last Rites. That's true. That's right. And it's, it's on YouTube. Most, it's on Podbean. Podbean. Also on YouTube. Right. We've also joined up with Legends of Tabletop and a bunch of other fine podcasts for the Legends of Tabletop podcast network. The Legends of Tabletop podcast network. Wait, guys, guys, does that mean yes. we're legendary? Of course. Oh, we sweet. punched a dragon. Of course, you're legendary. Hell yeah! Kim, and we were legendary when we started this. So. Oh, of course, that's Forgive true. Me. Who can forget Rodney John? 
That's right. You don't get a con named after you if you're not a legend. Right. That's right. right. And since I named Rodney Khan, I am a legend in my own mind. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, that's the big news for us. Now on to the big nope. news for the rest of the world. Actually, there's one more piece of business I have to get out of the way before we go any further. Uh-oh. And that is, Nicholas Nicario, where are my fucking dice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitch. We're waiting. I have faith they're coming. <laughs> he has boxes. If you guys want to piss him off, you'll never get your dice. Oh, I know. You pissed him off too many times already. Yeah, but or it's not coming. It's not coming. Nick's no. such a good sport about being teased. He likes That's getting his name dropped. That's right. That's Nick DiCario of Chaosium Incorporated. That's right. Yes. Chaosium, makers of fine role-playing products. <laughs> Get yours today. And Glory Thana. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> Steve Rosenstein, ruining our financial success since 2015. So, yeah, big, big things going on. We have Supergirl. We had Ash versus the Evil Dead. We had John Constantine on Arrow. We did. I don't know why. That's like a Pink Floyd, the wall thing. Yeah, I think you're thinking of um, Keanu. (laughs) Into the light, I command thee. I like that movie. Shut up. It was my introduction to All right, so where do you guys shall start? We start? Uh, let's, let's do the quick. John Constantine on Arrow. Awesome. Yes, quite awesome. I wanted more. Um, unlike a lot of guest stars on Arrow, they actually worked him into the flashbacks and the A storyline. Yep. Which was that was nice. They kind of gave us a full a full uh, episode where Constantine was pretty much in almost every scene. He was, you know, once he came in, he was there. Oh yeah, once he once once uh, Matt Ryan came on camera in the in the in the A plot, he dominated the screen the whole time. It's just he was great too. <laughs> he, was he actually did more Constantinish magic in a half hour of being on Arrow than he did in like almost the whole series. That's true. And 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 got in a whole lot of quips. He did, and I hope he comes back because that was awesome. You know, I thought they, I thought the way they set it up. With him being on Leon Yu to reclaim that that one artifact, right? They they kind of set it up so they could do exactly what they did with the Flash, and possibly spin off into a series. That's true. I'd like to see him come back for the finale um, when they face down Dark. Yeah, um, he could also Vandal Savage is also set to make his first appearances on uh, Arrow and the Flash, so John could easily cross over between those two shows. That's true. Um. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be great to see him come back. Um, they left it open because they gave him his advice, and his advice was, of course, leave town. Get the fuck out. <laughs> very um, Constantine advice. Very much, very much. Uh, 
I did like the origin of uh, Oliver's Chinese character tattoos. That was really cool. That was yeah. super cool. Kim, you've you've noted you've been catching up on the first season. Mm-hmm. He, he has the uh, the Chinese characters down his uh, is it his left side or his right side. I think it's his right. Yeah, it's like down down on like his on the, the side, side of his stomach. Of, yeah. No, it's oh, on his yeah. on right, side. right, right, right. My fault. Yeah. And and the episode with Constantine actually uh, explains where he got that particular set of tattoos. Okay. Now, I, now uh, give me a little bit of a spoiler here. Okay. Um, is it because I mean, was was he on the island with him? No, he yeah. came. He came. He managed to get to the island to pick up an artifact. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was on the artifact. island. He had a boat, I believe, on the north side of the island, and he had trekked across country. Okay. And unlike everybody else that treks across country in that island, there he was not dressed for it. He was in his Constantine clothes. <laughs> trench coat, white, white nope. off. He lost the trench coat at some point because he was just in the shirt and tie. White Oxford tie. Yeah. Yep. John. Ideal jungle Rod- attire. Rodney pays more attention to the visual details of these things. Yeah. I sit I sit there and drool. <laughs> uh, a couple a couple of things that <laughs> Me too. I caught. Me too. <laughs> is that that episode was full of fan service. Um when you when Const- John Constantine turns his head toward the camera the first time, there is a very subtle musical cue to the theme song of the NBC series. Yeah. Um, they also show the business card, which was a a used joke in the early episodes. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and just all kinds of stuff. I mean, they didn't let him smoke on camera, but he did get to put out a cigarette, so. Mm. And he had his lighter the whole time. <clears throat> So that was good stuff. creature jazz. I wanted that letter to say "fuck communism," but <laughs> it's a different property. Oh okay. well. All right. Now we're so, going Kim. Um, <laughs> did did you see Ash versus the Evil Dead, Kim? I started watching it. Unfortunately, Doctor Who was on at the same time, so it kind of went back and forth, and I didn't finish it. Oh yeah. Well, I I I think I didn't catch. Catch it when it originally aired on Halloween. I caught it on Sunday evening. Um, yeah. I, I've laughed my ass off at what I've seen so far. Oh yeah, it's, it's a that, hilarious the show. The greatest opening of any TV show ever. I love Deep Purple, Mark <laughs> II. I love that song, Space Trucking. <laughs> they played that, and I was like, I'm sold. Every mm-hmm. every reservation that I had <laughs> was just out the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that show, that show, it's just, it's over the top. It, it's just like mm-hmm. Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, and yeah. it's definitely, oh. you know, the Sam Raimi style. And it's, it's splatter gore, splatter gore, yes. one-liners. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the formula for the comic book. So I haven't read. I haven't read the. I, haven't read that I, I read the comic book. I wasn't a huge follower of it, but it's like the same kind of thing. Woman sidekick Ash mm-hmm. fighting Deadites with 
with but Ash versus the Evil Dead will have 100% more Lucy Lawless than the comic books did. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, her brief cameo was 100% Lucy Law- more Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. And Lucy Lawless is not aging at all. No, she's had Lazarus Pit dip or two. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Hollywood magic. So, what was what was the best moment other than space trucking? What was the best moment in Ash versus the Evil Dead? Uh, for what I've seen so far, uh, for me, it must have been the point where he remembers uh, having the girl read through the book with him, with him, uh-huh. and having him remember all that. And he just stares at the book and goes, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I guess that's one of the great things about being on stars is they can go heavy with the gore and the language and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even even though I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think he dropped any f bombs in either of the any of the movies, did he? I don't think he did. I don't remember. It's been way too long since he I've must, seen it. He must not have, or it'd be something you'd be quoting for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah, true. It'd be up there with um, the the doll in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Eh. Little callback. Little callback to Army of Darkness. Yep. And and the hand scene in Evil Dead. Oh, uh, right with the <laughs> with the flower pot. Bruce Campbell is one of the greatest self-abusive actors out there. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a, he's a great physical comedian. Just he's he's able to do that stuff so well. I'll do you, you know? What, did he do his own stunts? Do you know? He probably did because he did in the movies because they couldn't afford anybody. Right. And I think he and uh, Sam Raimi have a tradition of, well, Sam Raimi has a tradition of torturing Bruce Campbell on screen. (laughs) It's in the contract? (laughs) Yes, sign here. Allow me to torture you at my discretion. And there's Molly, the fourth member of the Microphones of Magic. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Now go watch a movie. That was short. Yes. Um, one of my favorite scenes was actually a non-Bruce Campbell scene. I liked the scene with the female cop um, when they went into the house. And the most badass Derringer ever. I know. <laughs> That did nothing, and the little, the little holdout piece that flew off, not one, but two heads. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the heck kind of a gun does she have? Dang. I don't know. It's like a forty-four caliber Derringer with two barrels that fires eight shots. <laughs> Can't she imagine fired... a kick from that thing. Right before, right before the break, in that scene, she fires that gun five times in rapid succession. Five times, even though it was a two-barrel Derringer. Well, you know, in a movie, I'm gonna use the same argument I use for Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. In a movie where evil spirits are possessing your dead friends 
and your live friends, mm. just anybody, right? How many shots that you have left in your gun is strictly for the plot? Well, it's true, and I, th I think I think Sam Raimi is the kind of director producer who puts things in there like that deliberately. Oh yeah. For example, yeah. Army of Darkness, the double barrel shotgun that fired six times. So, I think I think the little the little Easter eggs like that were put in there, like the fact that there are two scenes where you see Ash's wooden hand moving. Oops. <clears throat> when he gets out of the car at his job, you see him reach back with that hand and close the door of the car. And when he first picks up the chainsaw, he actually grabs it with the right hand. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that. It's been way too long. But I can't wait till till the El Jefe thing really starts taking off as like a running joke on the show. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the the cool thing about the show is is and you mentioned this, it has almost the exact same air and spirit as the original movies, mm -hmm. which is very important because I don't know if you've seen the remake, the reboot, or whatever it was. Uh, I am no. not. I've, I've seen part of it. In different. Movies. Completely different. It's not... Whether it was a good movie or not is a debate for another time, but it was not an Evil Dead movie. Mm -hmm. And this has... Everything you want out of the Evil Dead. It's got Ash trying to be cool and being a schmuck. Mm -hmm. It's got people looking at him like he's an idiot until, for some goodness knows reason, he's just really good at killing deadites. <laughs> <laughs> really good at killing deadites. Really good at killing deadites. Like it's got. It's got the slapstick. It's got the over-the-top gore. It's mm. got the the ridiculous props. It's got everything you want. Right. The the shotgun popping up out of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, nobody who's like trying to hide from from that part of themselves is going to have a shotgun prepared. To pop up out of the floor at a push of a button. Right. But damn it, it looks cool. That's that's the thing about about Evil Dead, Army of Darkness that's probably gonna run through the entire series of Ash versus the Evil Dead is that rule of cool wins out every time. Yeah, I mean that was it, the whole point. Yeah, it doesn't have to make sense as long as it's cool. Right. And if it helps the plot. Well, don't, when it don't. helps the plot, anything goes. Rule of cool is the plot. Yeah. <laughs> That's sure. He's El Jefe. El Jefe. El Jefe means the boss, by the way. Yes. yes. In Spanish. Yes. I'm just disappointed that he doesn't work at an S-mark. Yeah, that that was disappointing. 
Maybe they'll give the backstory on that in a later episode. Why he moved to a place that doesn't have an S-Mart? How Ash was canned from S-Mart. He shot up the whole goddamn store at the end of Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, but he's white. And Michigan is a... Isn't Michigan open carry? With stand your ground? So... Got it over. He he used a gun off the rack. <laughs> Tested the merchandise. What kind of discount store has loaded weapons on the shelf? Walmart. <laughs> oh God. Well, now he might be headed toward an S Mart if it goes the way it seems to be going in the pilot. I, he might he get might fired from there at any moment, and now have to go to an S Mart. I, I don't think I don't think Ash is going anywhere to be gainfully employed for a he while. He can't get fired. He, they told him basically he has tenure. <laughs> hmm. They did. They said just because you have seniority doesn't mean that we, I can't fire you. Well, actually, it does. <laughs> actually, it does. Hmm. Um, I, I would say I would say the one the one scene that was a little over the top and and didn't really add much to the show was the whole, uh, yeah, the wooden hand spanking in the bathroom. That was just, like... I think that was in there because they could do it. Yeah. I think We're on stars. We're on stars. We can do it. That's the sound of a wooden hand spanking an ass. Just in case you didn't know. They need to teach that actress how to do a proper orgasm voice. No, well, because it's no, because it was Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I can't. Uh, I think I think it's on tonight. Maybe it's on right now. I don't. I don't know. I don't oh, know. it might be. So that would be the second episode. So we'll be catching that later. Speaking of second episodes, second episodes. Uh, the. <laughs> We've got Supergirl. That was an awful segue. It works, though. That was that was less segue than a segue. So, Supergirl. Supergirl. That is a comic book show right there. Totally. I have to admit, when I when, sorry when I first saw the the cover image for Supergirl. I saw a perky little blonde with a with a suit and a mini skirt, and I thought, "Oh my God, really?" That's kind of funny because I thought, "Oh wow, it's Supergirl." <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I actually Kim, watched it. I do like it. I think we're all agreed that that uh, that Supergirl is a great show. I don't it's, see why you wouldn't like it. it it's bright. It's colorful. Um, it's filled with superhero exploits, and I, I personally, it's, it's kind of like Supergirl with me is kind of like Batgirl, is that she's much better than Clark Kent. For some reason, she's much more interesting as well, a character. Well, she's a better character, yeah. Um, so, so it's more fun to see her do this, and, and I like the way... They explain a lot of things, like the reason why they 
decided to plot that she has a team helping her mm-hmm. instead of just being a solo hero trying to do everything by herself. Right. Right. Well, and, in, the, in the comic books, originally, she was Superman's secret weapon. So mm-hmm. she was never originally designed to be a solo superhero in the first place. She right. was supposed to be when Superman's off-planet. She's, she's she part of the there. Superman family. Right, exactly. And she, she never really was meant to stand on her own as a character, even though that, that came later. Right, well, she was created in the 50s, so... Right. Doesn't surprise you. Created in I the 50s. 50s. The good old days, right? That's right, because she can make a pie at supersonic speed. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even need an oven. That's right. She just heat vision, and and it's done. However, I I like I I I like the fact that they're setting her so far apart from Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a lot of complaints during the original trailer. That they kept saying my cousin, my cousin, my cousin, and not saying Superman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it makes sense that she refers to him as her cousin because, right. you know, instead of refer- referring to him as Cal or Clark, right. she only has although, one cousin. Right. Although Jimmy, excuse me, James Olson <laughs> refers to him as Clark. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, several times. They do say Superman well, quite mean, a few times. It makes, sense, one, that, but it makes sense that James would call him Clark because he knew him first as Clark and Clark right. Kent is a secret identity so he's not going to sit around talking to Kara saying yes, your cousin's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a giveaway. Your cousin Superman. Um... Now, I really like, the, go ahead. Okay. Well, what I really like about this is that it it's set up so that she was meant to be like an adjunct for Superman. Like she was sent there to watch over him as a girl. But then she got trapped in this uh, anomaly and he's all going up and doesn't need her anymore. So, oh, so what do I do with my life? I know. I'll do, I'll be a superhero. And she she decides this for herself. And she goes off and does it. Yep. And it's like, yeah, my cousin's there. I love him. All this other stuff. But, you know, this is me now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty damn cool. Now she just has to convince everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, but, you but know, it was never, it's never buddies. easy. Right. The only person who really doesn't believe in her is Hank Henshaw. And we all know what happens to Hank Henshaw after Hal Jordan flips his lid. Actually, no, we all don't. So don't spoil it. Well, they they teased it. They teased it in the second episode. Ah, uh, okay. They teased a lot in the second episode. Mm. True. They also they also decided to address one of Superman's weaknesses. And that is that without his powers, he can't fight. Yep. And that was so another cool thing that I really liked. So Kara has to learn how to fight. Yep. Well, because her first 
major task is going to be extraterrestrial villains, some of which are from her planet. Right, and that, and one of which is her aunt. That's true. Yeah. And so it's out. By the way, spoilers. <laughs> Look, all right, we are. It comes on on Monday. Yeah, if you haven't seen this yet, Saturday. So we don't get early access to these shows to watch them. That's right. Well, if you haven't seen it, Steve did. <laughs> that was a leak. Yep. Everybody, everybody had this. I watched this in like August. Right. You watched the pilot in August, and then you watched it again. I watched it again because it was that good. It is that good. It is. I, I honestly, I've heard people say that it's a little in your face with its girliness and its feminism. Oh my gosh! But I, you know, let's talk about that. I, that's why I brought <laughs> it up. I don't really see that. Me neither. She's um, not. She's not like power woman. She's not like indestructible. You can see that from the very beginning. She has faults. She can't fight. Well, but she's a young woman. Yeah. And she's just. I mean, she is barely a woman. She's what, like, twenty-two or whatever. She's mm, something like ba- that. Barely out of high school. Okay. So she's just learning who she is in general and learning to be a superhero. So, and learning to come out from under the shadow of her cousin, her boss, her blah, blah, blah. Her sister. Right. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of these themes. Plus, of all the superhero shows you have out there right now, Flash, Arrow, Constantine was out, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you had how many of them have a female protagonist? Not a female co-protagonist or supporting actress. Counting Supergirl, you can do them on one hand. Exactly. Agent Carter, Jessica Jones, Supergirl. Jessica Jones isn't out yet. Jessica Jones will be out in a couple weeks, though. But it's not out yet. But we know she's coming. And now look at the whole history of superhero television shows. Batman, Superman, mostly male protagonists. Right. Now, how many of these that are current are A-list superheroes who you know by name? Supergirl. That's it. I mean, you, you, you know... Supergirl's not really A-list. Supergirl's B-list at best. Right. Well, but somebody who you know who it is. Even, And the only reason you know who it is is because of the super in her name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So of course these are going to be themes that are going to be in the show. If they're not, it would be a it would be a waste of television. Yep. <laughs> it's true. But you know, I I don't understand how Supergirl any any feminist element in Supergirl is in your face compared to Agent Carter. I never watched so, Agent Carter, so I couldn't tell you. So okay. someone someone made that comparison. Um, that that Agent Carter wasn't as in your face as Supergirl is. Supergirl and feminism is just punching you in the face. Although one of the main themes of Agent Carter is Agent Carter trying to establish herself 
as a competent agent, skilled, intelligent, resourceful, and getting out from under this sexist mentality that all the men she works with had. Okay, so that's similar. <clears throat> right. Except I will say that it seems like everybody but Henshaw is very supportive of Kara. Yes. And, and well, and, and everybody, everybody, everybody but Henshaw and Cat. Well, but Cat is supportive of her. Cat just doesn't take any shit. Cat is supportive of her as long as she is fulfilling the, her needs for ratings, right? And and hits mm -hmm. on her websites. Yeah, she had her no problem writing a scathing review after she fumbled up a, a rescue. That's right. She was she was ready well, to just I, throw I, her under the I'm bus. I'm sorry. I, I was I was referring to Cat to Kara mm. as being supportive. Right. Right. Um, I mean, with, she has like this tough love kind of attitude with Kara. She's like, you can't you can't feel sorry for yourself. I had to work twice as hard for half as much pay. Right. So there's no excuses because I did it. And that's her attitude. And it's supportive. It's not a very healthy kind of supportive, but yeah. it's still supportive. Right. And I, I, I think I think that um, you know the last last couple of times that Kara and Kat have been in the same scene together, there's usually a piece of dialogue with, "Why should I not fire you?" Right. And yet she doesn't end up getting fired. So I think it's quite possible that that Cat sees something in Kara that that she wants to nurture with her own tough love. Right. But then you have um, you have James, Jimmy Olsen, and a lot of people bitched about Jimmy Olsen. Not me. Wait. Not me. Not me. That's a tall drink of water there. I'm going to ask you a question, Ken. What's, what's more impressive, Jimmy Olsen or the salmon ladder on Arrow? <laughs> Damn it, you had to do that. I'm still going to go with the salmon ladder. It's always the salmon ladder for me. Jimmy Olsen doesn't have a salmon ladder. <laughs> yeah, he and, should. And and another thing, another thing to bring up to Kim, well, why you see Oliver Queen jumping and flipping and mm -hmm. fighting people, nine times out of ten, that's actually Stephen Amell. So that's, uh -huh. that's not a stuntman. Nice. His stuntman takes cell phone footage of the, the scene. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yes, I am definitely becoming an Arrow fan. That's good. That's good. Yes. Arrow's a good show. For which I have you gentlemen to thank. Well, you really have Rodney to thank because he got me into Arrow. I, I watched the first episode when it came out and vowed never to watch it again. Yeah, and then I just dropped enough of the Easter eggs that he's like, okay, I'm going to go watch it. And it was The Flash, really, that drew me in. Yeah. Because The Flash is his favorite character, and right now he is loving season two of The Flash. Season two is like uh, I gotta watch it all again because I'm just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and Grodd's coming back and he's Sorry. like oh my god it's Jay Garrick I know and that episode even though he doesn't have his powers and he puts the winged helmet on yeah 
I do. I do love me some Flash. So that's next on my list. You'll really enjoy the Flash. Yeah, Flash is awesome. Well, now that you brought up these two shows, Supergirl has a very similar structure to mm-hmm. those shows. Right. Well, it's the same production company. Right. Greg Greg Berlanti. Right. Um, it's. It kind of has a very similar arc to The Flash, mm-hmm. where he starts off on his own and gets picked up by a team. Her her team is a little less reluctant to work with her right. than The Flash's was. Yeah. I mean, the, the best way to describe it would be to say that it, it would be if the Flash started working with Argus right off the bat. Right. Yes. So but it's all it's all a formula. All three of the shows follow a very similar formula, variations mm-hmm. on the same theme. It's very successful. Yes. I believe I believe it is CBS's number one show right now. Um, no, I mean that, that formula is very successful. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, another it's thing a nice way to do it because you can bring in other characters um, from from you know off off world mm-hmm. so to speak and have them and introduce them use them as you need them and then they don't have to be there because it's all part of a team right but also also another thing to to point out about Supergirl is they took steps to deliberately distance themselves from the Snyderverse. They instead of going dark, they decided to go light, fun, yes, quick pacing, a lot of very comic book moments, shots framed like comic panels. It is very similar to the differences between the Batman animated series and then the Superman series mm-hmm. that came out, um, which yes. they deliberately did the opposite of everything that was Batman. Mm-hmm. They did to make Superman, and that was a very good series as well. I'm not a yeah. huge Superman fan, but I really do like the uh, was it the Timverse, yeah, Superman, yeah, the DCAU. Um, yeah, I you know the difference in the art styles between Batman the animated series and Superman the animated series. You had Batman with the whole Art Deco thing, mm-hmm. cars and clothes and stuff like that, and you had Metropolis. You knew it was the same universe because the, the drawing style was similar, but Metropolis had that whole retro futurist thing going. Right. It was like a fallout before the bombs dropped. Right, and you know you had a lot of uh, golds and bronze and <clears throat> those types of colors, as opposed to black and gray, gray and blue, gray. in the in the Batman series. And they really kicked that into high gear once they did uh, Justice League. Right. Because so, they just, like, four-color everything. But, but, well, they are definitely doing the same thing with Supergirl mm-hmm. in terms of the palette and oh, yeah. the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. Which is good because, I mean, how, how much dark do you really need? You have Super Dark, which is the arrow. Right. Which I have to turn the brightness up on my television to watch but even even that shifting, because the tones are changing, 
Right. I mean, even even when you go through like the iterations of the Arrow's lair, you had the one. The first one was in the basement of the nightclub, in right. the foundry, mm-hmm. and it was all like dull gray concrete. The second one was in the basement, the sub basement of uh, Palmer Technologies building. Right. It had more steel, but still wasn't was still kind of dark. Right. Now you have the new base that's like huge, but it's got more more lighting, more monitor screens. There's yes. touches the, of green here and there. The themes of Arrow are still super dark. I mean, we're oh, yeah. talking about um, mm-hmm. Speedy is got the has the bloodlust, and the only way it's placated is by murdering people. Right. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really get much more dark than that. True. True. <laughs> the and, big and, dad. We resurrected a corpse and it right. had a soul. So, so I mean, we had to call a magician to come yeah. get her soul back. It's it's still a dark show. I mean, the themes are still betrayal and and mm-hmm. the supernatural and secrets and lies. And yeah, mm-hmm. intrigue, politics. And Flash is kind of in the middle there. There, it's more of a science fictiony kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it, with the multiverse and. The the uh, the villains are you know the the first villain was the Reverse Flash so it was the opposite of the Flash right and the new big bad is is Zoom we don't know anything about him but he's still a speedster so he's right. still kind of the polar opposite and Barry definitely struggles with his uh his morality mm-hmm. at, from time to time so it's very apt but it's not as dark he's very he bounces back very well. Right. Um, but Supergirl, he, Supergirl, it's it's like okay, here's your here's your spectrum. You have flat or Arrow on the darker side of the spectrum. You have Flash, who's kind of in the middle, and you have Supergirl, who is classic goody goody, right off the bat. Right. I mean, she she knows what she wants to do. She wants to fight. Prime. She wants to make the make the city a better place to live, mm-hmm. and she want and she she wants to do it any way she can. Right. Yeah. And when when she hits an obstacle, she she teams up and figures out how to get around it and mm-hmm. and and gets a job done. And she's very visible doing it. Right. And there's not a lot of angst right. going on. In Supergirl, I'm sure there will be because, for crying out loud, her aunt is the main villain, mm-hmm. and her her aunt is like, aside from her cousin, the only family, <laughs> the she only living person from Krypton. Family, imagine it. <laughs> well, there are other Kryptonians. The family in, is a supervillain. <laughs> in Astra's service. So uh, I believe. Uh, who is the big Nod? Was it the big dude from Superman Two? Zod? No, not Zod. The other one. Um, he had two companions. A Bruiser and yeah. Um, hold on. I forget his name. I'm gonna look right now. But he's supposed to be making an appearance on the show as well. Superman 2. Is Mia okay back there? 
Uh, it's not at my house. It's my mom. Is your mom okay? Yeah, she's... I think so. Nine. Jack O'Halloran. It's non. a non. Non. Sorry. Non-compliant. Yes. I'm negative. All right, well... That about does it for the show. Uh, next week, we will be having Jeffrey Thomas. The Jeffrey Thomas? The, the Jeffrey Thomas? The Jeffrey Thomas. The creator of Punk Town. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Jeffrey Thomas is a great guy. I know. And we'll, we'll have a lot of fun having him on the show. We'll all clam up and be like, hello, Mr. Thomas. I, I you you wrote Punk Town. How how does that feel? <laughs> I'll I'll just be over here going. <laughs> At least there'll be some distance between you this time. Yes. Yeah, we'll make sure that you get in before he does. That way, you don't scare him to death. Last time Kim <laughs> saw Jeffrey Thomas, there was a fifteen yard. Illegal block in the back penalty. <laughs> you! I'll be sure and have my face like this when he comes on. <laughs> That'll be an audio-only show. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeffrey Thomas will be on. We'll be talking to him about the uh, upcoming Punk Town. Uh, Visions from Punk Town graphic novel. Comic books and punk town. In the process of Kickstarter. Uh, also coming up next week, we should be seeing the launch of the Microphones of Madness blog. A blog, you say? A blog, so you can read um, supplemental material, uh, things that we either talk about on the show or and don't get to cover in detail, or things we don't talk about on the show but are very similar. To We'll have some comic reviews. We'll be interviewing... Uh, people. Um, we'll have game reviews. I think Steve has a review of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. I do. Uh, Kim will be uh, turning in a book review. I will. Yes, I will. <clears throat> I have said it. I will do it. Get off my neck, man! <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put a link to the blog in the show notes. That's right. We'll have a link to the blog in the show notes. Um, we'll probably officially announce it maybe sometime this week uh, over on the Microphones of Madness Facebook page. Uh, yeah, you so... Should, you should go to and like. Slap mm -hmm. the shit out of that like button. Mm-hmm. It likes it. Subscribe it to this YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to the podcast. Never miss an episode. That's Never. right. Because Never we'll know. surrender. You watch, we'll keep making them. Actually, we'll keep making them whether you watch or not. Yeah, because it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fun. And let's see. So, well, that's next week's Microphones of Madness. It's Jeffrey Thomas. Monday night is another exciting session of Eclipse Phase, Ozymandias, written the by our good friend Wes. The continuing fight between Glenn and Chaz. <laughs> no, you got Andre to worry about now, buddy. <laughs> Andy. Andy is going to beat your ass. Andy's pissed. Andy is definitely pissed. 
Like I care. And what will happen? You can say. West can. (laughs) (laughs) As for Chaz, it's probably just not a good idea to fall asleep in the same room with him. (laughs) But that was the case before. (laughs) Yeah. So really, your relationship with Chaz hasn't changed a bit. No. And I don't really think that Andy liked me anyway. Nobody likes nobody likes Glenn Burroughs. If somebody likes Glenn, they have a problem. <laughs> yep. All right, so that's it for us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Friday night, part two of Last oh, yeah. Night. I am oh, so yes. sorry. My apologies to James for forgetting that. So, yes, Monday night is Ozymandias. Friday night. 9 o'clock Eastern Time is uh, the second part of Last Rites, run by our good pal James on Friday Fungi. That's fungi as in fungus, not... He's fungus. a fun guy. Fun Which guy. he is. He is. That's true. They're, they're fun guys. They grow on you. Yeah, we do. Oh, my puns are bad, they say. <laughs> And they say my jokes are bad. Why so serious? All right, well, everybody, because I'm Batman. <laughs> say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs>